Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. John McClain, Hall of Fame columnist, pro football Hall of Famer, and also a part of the Hall of Fame committee that they will announce the latest. In fact, we just mentioned baseball with Beltre, Helton, and also Joe Maurer. John, into that way, you guys have a committee. You, Everyone gets up, or whoever, they're a, a, attached to a name, they make a speech, whether it's John Elway sit down or whatever it might be, and then you guys chew on it, you vote on it, you get to a certain level, and it whittles down. Do you think Major League Baseball would be better off if they did it that way? Well, when I see uh, Billy Wagner, one of the greatest lefties in baseball history, got left off for three guys, Adrian Beltre was locked, but uh, Todd Elton and Joe Maurer and not Billy Wagner, I'd say yes, but it's never going to change. They have over 400 members, and they send in their ballot. Like Derek Jeter, he one person didn't vote for him. And I'm thinking, I'd like to know who that was. You know, who would leave off Derek Jeter? Because sometimes you lose your credibility. And, yes, ours is a year-round process where we, we email, we text, we DM about players. And uh, by the time we get out of, to our meeting and start reducing the class, we got a pretty good idea where everybody feels strongly about the process. Maybe not the outcome, but certainly the process. Does it ever get really heated? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does. Uh, when when I first got on the Pro Football of Fame Select Committee 30 years ago, there was a lot of guys that it, were older, my age now, and they were on it, and they used to boy, it was heated. And they would go at it like crazy. And it was entertaining to watch them. Now we're much more civilized. We do have debate, but not like it used to be back then when some guys made it personal. John, Baltimore 34, the Texans 10. Uh, the season comes to a close for D'Amico, Ryan, C.J. Stroud, and company. Uh, what's kind of the, the, the last, uh, I guess, takeaway from this Texan season as they now start to look ahead to what they can build off of from this year? Well, Craig, it was 10-10 at halftime. They, they, you know, Baltimore's the best team in the NFL this season. Baltimore hammered the 49ers in Santa Clara. And uh, they, they, they led the Texans 7-6 at halftime of the first game of the season, won 25-9. And then they lost, this one was tied at the half. And Peter King this week had a great note. C.J. Stroud is 0-4 against the Harbaugh. 0-2 against Jim at Ohio State. And 0-2 against John this season. And they'll get the Ravens here next season. They've never beaten Baltimore. They're 0-8. Uh, but it'll be fun to have a game again. Texans have a lot of needs, starting with their mediocre running game. They've got 35 guys whose contracts are expiring. 
they have to decide which ones they want to bring back, how much money they'll offer them. They've got the fourth most cap room. Uh, General Manager Nick Casario has just done a great job uh, rebuilding this team. He came in in January of 20, poured it down to the foundation and started over, hired D'Amico Ryan, drafted C.J. Stroud, traded up with Arizona to get the third overall pick to uh, draft defensive end Will Anderson. Junior, Stroud, and Anderson were announced today as Rookies of the Year, Offensive Defense by Pro Football Writers of America. That's not the official Rookie of the Year. That'll be announced. Those will be announced, I think, on the NFL Honors Show three days before the Super Bowl. But uh, things are definitely looking up. John, uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, in the offseason, there was the thought that he and Baltimore were headed in opposite directions. You know, He was out there for anybody to sign and uh, make a deal for. And I know they'd have to give up some draft picks, but it was, it was there. And, you know, he eventually, you know, gets back with the Ravens and they they bury the hatchet and got the, the contract done. But how many teams that could have had him, I'm thinking one in particular like Atlanta, uh, are probably kicking themselves right now that they did not uh, maybe go get Lamar Jackson uh, before what has now been his best season? Well, I don't think they are because he would have cost you. He wanted a Deshaun Watson contract, fully guaranteed of more than $230 million, And you would have had to give up two number one picks so he wouldn't have had B. John Robinson. And the Ravens could have matched it if they wanted to. And that's why no team seriously pursued him is because his demands were astronomical. And remember, the last two seasons, he missed seven and six games down the stretch. So you had to be worried about him staying healthy. So I don't blame any team not pursuing him. And he didn't get that kind of guaranteed money either from the, uh, from the Ravens. And they were a good team for him. They brought in a new offensive coordinator in Todd Monken, their number one in the league in rushing. He was their leading rusher. He ran for 100 yards, two touchdowns against the Texans, threw two touchdown passes. He's now two and three in the playoffs. And I tell you an interesting stat Baltimore has not hosted an ASC championship game since 1971 when I was a senior at Richfield High School. Mm, wow. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that's that's some amazing history, John, and some, some other history this past weekend. The Lions uh, advancing to the NFC Championship game, first time in nearly 30 years. Uh, what a story Dan Campbell and that team have been. Jared Goff has got to be feeling pretty good. Uh, just Where does this kind of rank on some more recent just feel-good stories from the NFL ranks? Not many are better considering the Lions won one playoff game since 1957 when I was five. And I tell you this, I've been tweeting and, and using on my talk shows around the country about Dan Campbell, born in Clifton, pointing out where Clifton is uh, in relation to Waco, grew up in Glen Rose. And you think about how small Glen Rose was back then. I don't know what class it is now, maybe 3A. So 4A school. 4A now. And then to go to uh, College Station, a&M and now end up uh, with a chance to go to the Super Bowl is amazing. You know, I think who doesn't like Dan Campbell? And you may not like the Lions if they're a division rival, but what a story. The longest suffering fan in pro football and with a head coach who likes to bite kneecaps. It's just an unbelievable story. Now, I don't think they're going to win, 
But they got 2,000-yard runners. They have balance. They're going to lose at least one coordinator. Uh, ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator. Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator. Another Aggie is interviewing for head coaching jobs. But it is an amazing success story. And if they beat the 49ers, my God, we're going to get tired of hearing about kneecaps during the Super Bowl week. I said this earlier, John, the uh, Taylor Swift, Craig mentioned the media, uh, the ratings of 50 million plus against the Bills. How much of that do you think is uh, the, I thought it was Jason Kelsey. Everyone wanted to see him uh, who was funny, but how much do you feel like might be the, the bump when it comes to that number with her? I think obviously she's got fans all over the world. She's very popular. A lot of them are young, young women, and they're tuning in for a chance to get glimpses of her, like Jason Kelsey taking his shirt off, climbing out of the suite, going down, picking up a young girl who was holding up a Taylor Swift sign and carrying her back to the open suite so she could meet Taylor. I think the whole thing about the Kelsey's and Taylor Swift is great. A lot of these old sports writers, and I'm an old sports writer, they're crumbudgeons, they're tired of seeing them. <laughs> she didn't put the camera on herself, and NFL smart. They're trying to reach young fans. You know, they better hope uh, she doesn't ditch him anytime soon. John, the uh, Super Bowl's around the corner in Vegas. Do you plan on going? Nope. I never want to go to a Super Bowl again. I don't travel, and the only thing I want to go to is the Combine and the league meetings in March. I have no interest in covering, like, my 44th Super Bowl. John, is it just amazing to you, though, that the NFL is hosting a Super Bowl in, in Vegas. Las Vegas, yeah. of all places? Yeah, I remember three years ago, four years ago, when Tony Romo couldn't even host a charity event there. <laughs> yeah. And they're, they're going to make $100 billion projected over 10 years from gambling all over the world. That's why the NFL is going all over the world, not because they love the sellout crowds or because they're selling memorabilia. They're going all over the world because of gambling. Yeah, John, they wouldn't let him have that event in Dallas, which is eventually which is like half of a fantasy football thing and half of a baseball card show. Mm, I went. <laughs> it was like there was the least. It was the least gambling-ish thing I've ever seen in my life. The hypocrisy was preposterous. John, thank you, buddy. Appreciate your time. Oh, oh. John, does Jim Harbaugh have a job in the NFL before By the week's over? Looks, looks like he's going to go to the Chargers so he can coach Justin Herbert. Guys, thank you very much. And sick him. Sick him. John McClain, Hall of Fame, Sports Radio 610 in Houston with us. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.